Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Southern California, Joey Noche Prano. Hello, Andy. Happy. Whoa. You, you let it really. Andy. We're fine. You know what? I said I wasn't ready for week one. I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready bo- for week two. Because your boys won. I mean, listen, week one in the NFL is always like we've seen it the last few years especially with how um you know just like football's become a year-round thing and like all the expectations and the stories and aaron Rodgers is doing joe rogan in the offseason like it never ends so week one i feel like every year has become over an overreaction bonanza but the giants are going to the super bowl see oh somebody calling in just about that um Brian Dable, coach of the year, Saquon Barkley, comeback player of the year, and MVP. We're going to the ship. We're going to the ship. I knew it. I knew you were going to come in in such a good mood. I literally said that to my girlfriend. I was like, he's going to be in such a good mood, especially with how that game ended. Well, going, also going for two, the missed field goal. Like that was a you know, some wild games. And then, and then, you know, my buddy texted me. He's like, it's got to be the greatest 20, 20 minutes in sports in your life. Cause after like almost simultaneously, the Braves came back against the Mariners and then blew it in the bottom of the ninth Braves fans out there. I hope your 35 minutes in first place was enjoyable. I, I know it was because you guys were all DMing me and sliding in my fucking mansions and being like, what now, bitch. And then I was like the next day, two days later, you're back down a game and a half pretending fraud ass bitches 20 minutes of he goes 20 greatest 20 minutes in sports in your life since when and i said probably the last super bowl last super bowl victory i mean the giants never i don't know the last time we won our opener it's been a while same for the browns Two, two big teams that haven't won openers in a long time to not start 0-2, for the Giants not start 0-2, it doesn't even feel like it's football season. It feels like this weird other thing where my team doesn't start 0-2. And you, like you said, the going for two. What do you think matter. about that? Uh, I thought it was a no-brainer because you either get it and you go up, you miss it, and you're like, this is a new era. We're fucking going for it on the road against the fucking AFC AFC's best team last year. Like we're doing it. They get it. They, and then of course, like, you know, they let the Titans drive down. I was like, well, we're going to lose anyway. And then the miss, you'd love to see it. Randy Bullock. (laughs) Why? No, he wasn't wide, right? He's wide left, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was crazy. It's your classic game where you see this every week where like the defenses just can't stop them to get in field goal range. Yeah. And you know what? Here's the thing about here's the big takeaway 
for for the Giants for me, which is Brian Dable is doing the Ted Lasso in the locker room after, you know, like the team is hyped. This is not something you're going to see with Ben Fuckadoo and Pat Shermer and Joe Judge, who's finding guys for a dancing. You know, you got you got Brian Dable going full Ted Lasso in the locker room post win. The team's hype. Bunch of young guys out there. Um, so head coach is the attitude of the head coach and the way they feel about him is something to take away from it. The going for two, something to take away from it. The defense playing fairly well, you know, uh, getting carved at times, but also bearing down and, and um, you know, shutting them down in the second half. Daniel Jones still turning the ball over. Strip sack, worst pass, worst interception I've seen in a long time. What was he doing on that play? Uh, I don't know. It was some sort of Madden fucking guy who plays Madden and only runs one play. And so the other team was like, all right, we know it's coming. And he did it anyway. That was horrible. But a lot of people, including myself, have flip-flopped on Daniel Jones over the course of his career. I like him. I don't like him. Turns the ball over too much. He's dynamic. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. A lot of people, not including me, have flip-flopped on Saquon Barkley over the years. I always knew Saquon Barkley was hurt and behind a shitty offensive line. Saquon Barkley is an elite athlete. And the guy, I knew, I knew if this team continued to struggle and he went elsewhere, that he would be an elite player somewhere else. Well, it's one game. Again, it's one. he has to stay healthy. It's one game. Oh, of course he has to stay healthy. Of course. And that but, and that'll be my mantra this whole episode to everyone freaking out. It's one like they play 17 games. It's one. But game. my point is people are like, it's over. He's washed. He's never coming sure. back from those injuries. Maybe he's just not as good. And it's like Saquon Barkley has always been good. Maybe he's been slowed by injuries. Maybe he's been slowed by a terrible offensive line. But he is a freak. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody's doubting his athletic ability. You just got to, obviously, they showed the stat of, I don't, I'm sure you saw it during the game where, like, his first ever how many games versus his next how many games, like, like, like first 20 versus next 20, whatever it was. Yeah. Obviously, you can't get those stats if you're not playing. But it was a crazy game, or it was a crazy just day, man. Like, these games were nuts. There were some wild games, which, of course, the wildest was here in Cincinnati. The Ruther curse is unbelievable. It's unstoppable. Do you feel like you have to apologize to like Bengal nation? Do I mean, I feel like you, owe. I feel like what we should do since we're about to start talking about this Bengals game, we should both personally apologize to Randy Ruther who came on the episode last week. I'm going to apologize. It's it's, it was definitely um, equal parts. Both Randy and I went out a pretty hard this weekend and both woke up hungover on Sunday. Both woke up pretty mangled on Saturday. Uh, and I never saw, I didn't see Randy while he was here. So that's that's disappointing. I apologize to him. I don't think he's he requests an apology from me because I think he was pretty banged up himself. But I feel like I let Randy down. I feel like maybe the Bengals have a better chance to win if I'm watching with Randy in the fucking Bengal lair, wherever that is for him. Well, I'm in a way 
giving him some love and also trolling. I'm wearing my old Carson Palmer jersey right now because, <laughs> well, he already told me you got to wear it. But this is kind of trolling because Palmer has the same number that Joe Burrow currently has, number nine. And Joe Burrow had a Carson Palmer playoff-esque performance yesterday. Yeah. The Bengals on whole had a very old school Bengals like performance and they were still right there, which is crazy. Like they still should have won the game. But- yeah. They still should have won. But like, what's your, is your takeaway as a, as a Joe Burrow Stan, is this just one game or like it? I, I feel like he raised the expectation. Yeah, for sure. At, at the end of last year. And I think Joe Burrow is an elite quarterback in the NFL, probably a borderline top five to six, seven guy. Yeah. So, so I'll say this. So here's my thing. Uh, you know, I, of course, I read all the talking heads here and and all the idiot fans who are saying it's because they didn't play preseason. So they didn't play their starters at all in the preseason, really. Who I, gives a shit? Like, and, and I agree. So I, I you the, lose one game. What if you had gotten hurt in the preseason? You lose all your games. And that's what I say. So I have no problem with that. I have no problem. Obviously, I've been critical of Taylor, and I'll be critical of him when we break down this game. But I am definitely not critical of Taylor that because he he learned that. That's what Sean McVay did. And I don't know if you know. People were saying the same thing. Like, the fucking Rams didn't play in the preseason. But my thing is, do you want Burrow for seventeen games, or like you said, do you want him to get injured? So I have no problem with them sitting everybody. Now, this had the Ruther curse written all over it. I am live tweeting from the official Gold Star corporate account the whole game. Now, let me ask you something about that. Was the Gold Star chili people aware of the Ruther curse prior to you starting? Most likely, no. I I feel like that may have been a criminal move by you, not to alert... (laughs) be like i really want to help you guys with social media and like i think i can do a great job and you know i I am i am the king of all social media as people know i even you should have been like dirty sports is now even on tiktok uh but you should know anything i jump on board sinks like the titanic i am the iceberg this game could not have played out more like the ruther curse the first play sacked and I mean, just hit second play pick six. I mean, it, it's truly wild. And obviously I knew going in, I was taking over. So I had a lot of planned tweets and I had a lot of things ready to go in the drafts. I had, I put a lot of time into it because obviously I want to help them. And, and I believe in gold star and working with them and all those things. It was pretty, it was pretty ridiculous though. Five turnovers by Burrow, four picks. But to back to your point about Burrow and the expectations, I still, and I knew this when everybody was like blowing up my phone, I said, they're going to come back. I said, I don't care what they're down when they were down 17 to three, because I'll give you my list right now. And I might be missing some people. We'll see who your list is. Burrow was on my list of five QBs where no lead is too big. In my opinion, it's Mahomes, Brady, Rogers, Burrow, Josh Allen. Am I missing somebody? Those are my five guys where I'm like, hey, when it comes down to it. Well, I was going to say, I mean, Josh Allen, even Josh Allen, like 
have we seen that from Josh Allen? But I don't think we have. We've seen it from Burrow, though. Yeah, we've seen it from Burrow. I mean, it's like, how do you not have Herbert on there in terms of how great quarterbacks are? In the league? But like in terms of guys who've actually done it. Well, and that's my point. And again, and I put Burrow's Her- done it a few times. And that's my point. Burrow is on my list of like when it's crunch, like that crunch time of the game, when your backs are against the wall, can he mount a comeback? Can he make like he did yesterday? a pass on the final play of the game. He throws a dime to Jamar Chase. He's on my, and to be honest, that list, you're, you make a good point. I don't even know if I have Josh Allen on that. I have right. the other guys because they've done it. I mean, Stafford has has had a little bit, a little bit of that in him over the years because he had he just had to come back so many times when he was in fucking Detroit. But uh, yeah, in terms of guys where you're like, you know, the, the ability to just start slinging it Right now, those guys I trust are probably, yeah, like you said, Brady, Rogers, Mahomes, and Burrow in terms of like the guys who already have like a little bit of a resume of doing it. Yeah, and that's all I'm looking off, the resume. Have they done it? Have they done it? In no the one's no one's doubting how good Josh Allen and how good Justin Herbert are as quarterbacks. Sure. No one's doubting that, you know. Well, I think I'll play this call, but this kind of goes along with what you just said and what we talked about. Someone thinks Joe Burrow is overrated. Hey guys, uh, this is Bear Ruffner. I've wanted to make this call for a while now, but I just kept forgetting to. So in my opinion, I personally think that Joe Burrow is a little bit overrated. I don't think you guys will agree with me on it. And I know Randy will definitely be kind of pissed when he hears that. And I mean, he's still a good quarterback, obviously. Like I'd say he's probably a top 10 quarterback or so. But in my opinion, I think that he got way too much credit for their Super Bowl run last year. And I don't think he is as good as Justin Herbert, in my opinion. So my question for you guys is, if you were drafting today, since they were in the same draft class, if you had the number one pick, would you take Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow that year? I would take Justin Herbert, but that's just me. Uh, condoms are for the Cincinnati Bengals, and the Steelers are going to be better than them this year. Thanks. So can I, can I lead this? Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, I have no problem with you taking Justin Herbert. I think Justin Herbert's great. I have no problem with anyone taking Justin Herbert over Joe Burrow. If they were starting a team, I think Justin Herbert's that good. I think Justin Herbert, I might give him the edge to be honest, as far as arm. Of course. You have to. No doubt about it. Like, 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 like that's just a God given arm that Justin Herbert has. There's a question mark with Justin Herbert because we don't know yet. That, and, and that's all I'll say. Joe Burrow last year did not put up gaudy numbers in the postseason. And I know we talked about it. They were good pedestrian. Maybe that's not fair to him. But like good managing. They remind me of early Tom Brady where the Bengals defense was clutch. They were getting turnovers when they had to. But he managed the game and didn't make crucial errors, but also had crucial drives, you know? Yeah. In different in different playoff games to get the field goal, to get the touchdown, whatever it was. So those, as you know, as a Giants guy, as an Eli guy, like, like you can't those, those moments in playoffs, like those are huge, what I call the what, you know, like the it factor. Yeah. And Justin Herbert, we don't know because he hasn't been in that situation yet. That I mean, I think this caller, I think they're he's saying two different things and um, I agree with 
one, or I don't agree with one, and I partially agree with the other, I guess, which is, is are when you say Joe Burrow is overrated as compared solely to Justin Herbert, because that's what the call seems to end up wrapping up with. I, I mean, I don't think anybody maybe exclusive, like excluding uh, Cincinnati Bengals fans think Joe Burrow is the single greatest quarterback on planet earth. Um, so I don't think Joe, Bur- I think the majority of people probably are like, you know, Mahomes, Rogers, Allen, Brady, Herbert, Burrow. Those are the guys. And it's like, I'm fine with that's like the conversation these days. I'm fine with that. So I don't think he's overrated. Um, now if you say, more people are Joe Burrow is getting more attention than Justin Herbert. And I think Herbert should be getting more. Justin Herbert can do things physically in throwing the football. And he had a couple plays yesterday of just like sliding up in the pocket and throwing these balls that are just truly, he is probably the one guy in the league right now who can make those throws. But um, what happened a few years ago with Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes came in had the physical tools to make all those throws, started winning a bunch of games, won an MVP, won a Super Bowl, and you're like, he's the best quarterback on planet Earth. That was why, to me, when we did our preview last week, I was like, like, listen, the fact that Patrick Holmes didn't win the MVP last year makes me think he's going to win it this year because I think he's the kind of guy who's going to win four of them in his career. That being said, you can't, like, Arm strength and physical ability is awesome. But we saw Peyton Manning win a Super Bowl when his arm was hanging off. You need to be able to put it together in the playoffs. You need to be able to lead a team. You could go ahead and say, drafting Justin Herbert right now, I would take him over Joe Burrow. But I would say this. If If I was in a war room, I would say I now have a few years of both of these guys in the league, and I have seen it clearly. Justin Herbert is a better physical quarterback than Joe Burrow, but Joe Burrow's already gone to a Super Bowl. So the X factor that you sit in a war room and you try to determine if a guy has, we already know he has it. I think Justin Herbert probably has it too. But that war room conversation would be, we know he can do it. And this guy might be able to do it. Yeah. And I agree. I a hundred percent agree. And I think Justin Herbert can do it too. I picked them to make the Super Bowl, or no, I picked him to make the AFC championship this year, but I picked Herbert to win the MVP. I like, I like, I think Justin Herbert, I agree with you. He might be the only one right now in the NFL on certain throws. I mean, Mahomes is, is close. But you you can't go wrong either way. And for me, to go back to what I said earlier, it's just one game. Like I like he had a shitty game. Everybody has shitty games. I'm not making excuses, but it, it's one game. Again, makes the throws when he has to at the end of the game. I, I think you know we all know how critical I've been of, of Zach Taylor. I just don't under I do not understand him not challenging that Jamar Chase catch with 257 left in the game. They're down six points. It's clearly a touchdown. They even bring in Gene Steratore from New York 
It's just, it's to me, that's inexcusable, right? I mean, you have to agree, Joe. There's there's yeah. 257. You have all three timeouts and the two-minute warning. Why are you not challenging that? Yeah. I, I and just listen, and, and listen, that again, we 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 can get into you know, where where is Zach Taylor compared to, you know, the, the thing that you always have to think about with coaches is like. Does he give you a better chance to win or a worse chance to win against coach X? You know, um, I think we saw in the Super Bowl, they were pretty fucking close, but Sean McVay probably outcoached him a little bit in the Super Bowl, you know, but I think Zach Taylor's a good enough coach. where like, all right, is maybe he, you know, missing a, missing a, uh, a call there. And is he, he getting outcoached in week one by Mike Tomlin? Yeah, maybe, but like day in and day out, you you think he's getting out coached by Coach X in the NFL? Because I'm not sure. Well, I would argue to me, and I made this comp last. I think Zach Taylor is trajectory for me. So again, he's not the worst. He's not the best. I think he's a trajectory of a. Uh, why, why am I forgetting his name? Your boy down in Dallas now, former McCarthy. Coach. I think he's a McCarthy. I I, th- I think I think in a way he wins in spite of his mistakes because you have a great quarterback and, and look, they're going to have based off yesterday. And again, I don't think the Steelers are going to be good offensively, but the Bengals D looked really, really good yesterday. And I think they'll continue to play well, but I think they've won in spite of their coach. I just don't know. There was a lot of questions. I think for Bengals fans, the thing about yesterday is like, I think the Bengals, I think I predicted the Bengals to win the division. You did. But I also predicted, did I not say I could see fucking the Steelers winning this game? It it had it written all over no, it. Super Bowl hangover, division rival. They blew him out a couple times last year. Fucking Trubisky going in there and just fucking like being the grossest game manager oh, of all time. Oh, you know, I'm assuming, by the way, just in me saying that we've had some loser Steeler fan unfollow us because they just called Trubisky a game manager because I know that we have fans that are just butt hurt when I say real things about quarterbacks these days. Um, but, you know, uh, I, I, I mean, I just saw that I saw this coming and I don't think it's the I don't think it's the sky is falling for the Cincinnati Bengals. No, I agree. And I still think they win the division. I think it's going to come down to them in Baltimore. Pittsburgh is going to show. I think that was the guy. And I think that was, that was the last thing the caller said. The Steelers are going to be better than the Bengals this year. I'm like, mm, I don't they, think they so won't. Much. They won't. No. They're, they're going to struggle offensively. You, you lose TJ Watt, which I have a new conspiracy. I was texting with you and Randy Ruther. Yeah. I, give us your Watt brothers conspiracy. Well, it's not a conspiracy. I just find it very interesting that both JJ and TJ, by the way, I'm just going to say, you, those are like you think of a douchebag. Wouldn't a douchebag be named JJ or TJ? Yeah, that's kind of a douche name. I'm just saying. Yeah. Like, like I've I've said this all along, and everyone can hate on me for this. The Watt brothers are not people I'd want to hang out with. They don't seem fun. Yeah, like they just they just that's just not my. my they just, they they just seem like it. Just feels like if I hung out with the Watt brothers, that I too would have my peck ripped off the bone because they made me throw tires around their backyard for fucking two months at a time. And, and that's where we're going with this. J.J. Watt tore his pack in a game in 2019. Now, T.J., to me, that's a that's not a torn meniscus. That's not a torn ACL, things you see all the time, MCL, whatever it is. I just find it odd that two brothers within three years tore their pack during the game, which brings me to 
what kind of drugs are the Watt brothers taking that makes them tear their packs? Or is it? I think probably gas station boner pills. (laughs) I feel like they're the kind of guys that go out and get gas station boner pills. Gas station boner pills and monster energy drink. And then they're like, all right, bro, we got a new tire. Who's going to fucking throw whoever fucking throws the shortest, whichever what brother show throws the shortest tire has to take all the blue rhino gas station boner pills. And they just walk around dad's house with a fucking rock hard dick. And they're and and their friends are over like, wait, what's happening right now? You guys are taking boner. What? Yeah. Yeah, man. All right, here's here's how it's going to go. Loser takes the boner pill, walks around mom and dad's house. Second loser, you got to donate a bunch of cleats to fucking some random cancer society. Then whoever's third, you got to go re-up the fucking monster. You're you're you got to pay for the monsters. <laughs> and then of course the winner just gets to bask in glory and put on this exact replica of the Maximus costume from Gladiator. And Every, like everything right, you guys. said, like I a hundred percent can see happening. And, yeah. and and that's my point is like, I don't remember or recall other players tearing their pectoral muscle. I mean, I remember it happening, but it is weird. It is a, it is a freakishly weird thing to have happened to two brothers within three years. Yeah. Again, both mid game. Yeah. And there's no denying how he is a home wrecker on that defense with, with them losing him. He's, he's, it's more of a game wrecker, although he will occasionally sneak out between plays and fuck your wife. <laughs> he, he does have a pants full of boner blue rhino boner. Yeah, pants, so. I mean, the guys rock hard all the time. Yeah. So strip think- sack fumble. And then he fucks his wife. You know, again, I agree. I think the Bengals still win that division. It it is one game. And we both thought it would be close. You you said all along you were right. There's a good chance the Steelers win. There's a good chance I just take them straight up. I mean, the thing about week one is just like, I saw all of this happening. Like the only, the only game I didn't see happening was the, I thought for sure the Colts were going to have a fucking show me game week one. They end up in a tie with, I mean, David Mills is like, he's becoming a little bit of a legend down there in Houston while somehow only have won. He's won like two games in his career. And yet somehow it's still kind of legendary shit. Yeah. It's crazy, right? He's like, I've never gotten a hand job from a stranger and I make games interesting. Yeah, no, I know it's it's wild that and big comeback by the Colts. They were down what twenty to three. Yeah. By the way, your boy called back the boy that Ooh. you completely undressed. Okay. He left seven calls. Seven calls. He's like, very upset. He's very upset that I literally just talked about st- statistical facts. Well, look, he's he's a, he's a good. I, I call everybody kid. Who knows how old he is? He's probably twenty five. I don't know. He he's not being like mean or mad and his, his responses back. So, so kudos to you because. I, and, and I don't, I don't think I was being mean or mad in my response to him. I just, I just was saying, and, and I, I believe I said this during the original rant. It's like, I'm not saying Matt Ryan's better than Lamar Jackson at this point. Lamar Jackson may even be better than Matt Ryan. I think Lamar Jackson is currently better than Matt Ryan, but let's not do a thing 
where we pretend one guy is the greatest quarterback walking on planet earth. And the other guy is some schlub because factually that's just not correct. And I hate that when people do that, they just buy into some Madden hype or media hype or whatever. So Talking points. I'm, here, here's what I'm going to do. Cause I got to pick, I'll pick one of these to play now. I mean, what, so he's not angry, but he also called seven times. Well, I wouldn't call him angry. He's defending himself. And I think he has every right to defend himself. He gets, he calls then the next day, or maybe it's later that night, he calls very intoxicated and his words are slurring. It's kind of funny to me. Here's what I'll do. I'll play some of those at the end of this episode. So if any of you guys want to stick around where he's just drunker and he's defending himself, I think it's funny. Nothing like calling dirty sports when you're all liquored up and you want to defend a, a hot take that you have. So I'll play that at the end. Real quick before I play this, housekeeping stuff, our episodes are all up. We recorded them on time last week. We are done with SoundCloud forever. So <laughs> buy forever SoundCloud. You guys suck. I don't know if they fixed it. So not that you guys care, but I'll just explain. When you upload a podcast to Spotify or Apple, you never do it directly to them. There's a host that kicks something called an RSS feed to those different platforms. And basically, Apple could not connect with SoundCloud, who was our former RSS host. Not to bore you with that stuff, but that's what happened. It was all this back and forth I was dealing with. And basically, we left SoundCloud and we're not going to use them eight and a half years down the drain because they didn't care. And Joe and I know how much we got to get these podcasts out to you guys. So they're all up. If you have not heard, they're great episodes. Go back to episode 864 and then 865, which is the NFL 2022 preview episode. Anyway, Correct. this the reason I'm telling you that is because this call is on 864, the original call about a Colts fan saying they'd love to have this. This call is a, is his response to my response to that call. Yes. If that makes any sense about saying as a Colts fan, he I'll, say, I'll, I'll yeah, I'll give you, I'll give you the fucking, I'll give you as the cliff notes versions. Uh, he called and said he would fucking murder his family to have Lamar Jackson as the quarterback of the Colts instead of trash garbage monster failure epic garbage person matt ryan to which i merely for my for my own purposes pulled up the a, a last year's comparison of the two of them matt ryan maybe even slightly better in the games he played and just said listen i think that they're closer than you're giving them credit for and i think to trash matt ryan and hoist Lamar Jackson is pushing these guys in two different directions when really they're closer. You can prefer Lamar Jackson all you want. Sure. But, I have no problem with that either. But you're kind of fucking up by taking two guys who are kind of right here and saying one is actually the greatest quarterback on planet Earth and one is dog shit. Yeah. So I'll just play his second call. Well, who knows? Like I said, I'll play some of these at the end too. But uh, he left three straight calls around 7.03 and two at 7.18 and then two at 1.52 a.m. So seven calls in in one night. Kudos. Dear Paul Nation, 
last week, as everybody knows, Joe Prano tore me a new asshole. And while it's been a few years since I played Madden, I got a few things to say about this debate. Matt Ryan's like 37, man. And at most, I see the Colts getting four years out of Matt Ryan. And how many of those are quality? Lamar Jackson's four years into his career and has an MVP and is a much better quarterback in those first four years than Matt Ryan ever was. Mr. Joe Prano, such a big Matt Ryan guy. Honestly, Matt Ryan might be Joe Prano's Jesus, but who's Jesus in their first four seasons has a 61% completion percentage, a 95 to 46 touchdown to interception ratio, and throw for a combined 14,000 yards. I mean, you got to check out this boy Lamar. This man Lamar is playing in 9,000, 10,000 yards at a 64 completion percentage while playing less games in those first four years. A 98 quarterback rating while Matt Ryan's is only 88 within those four years. 84 to 31 touchdown ratio, and that's not even including the rushing, which we don't even need to go in those statistics because Joe knows it himself, Andy knows it, everybody in the world knows it. We're not even comparing those two games. But from a passing perspective alone, within those first four years, Lamar Jackson's a better quarterback, and he's been hurt. So, look, I get it. My one concern, too, is injuries. I'm I'm worried about that, man. But, I mean, when's the last time the Colts had a Mr. Reliable? Okay, so so he cuts off, and he didn't realize it's two-minute limit. So, right. so he, a couple of things. First of all, let's compare Lamar Jackson's first four years to Steve Young's first four years, or Joe Montana's, or Peyton Manning's. This game changes very quickly, especially at the quarterback position. There was a time when throwing, f- completing 60% of your passes made you the league fucking leader. Now we're at a point where you need to be throwing six interceptions a year, nine interceptions a year, 15 max interceptions a year. We're talking about a different game. Yeah, I agree. Lamar Jackson's first four years and Matt Ryan's first four years. So, yes, I agree with you, which is why I went back to just last year. Yeah, Matt Ryan's older. No doubt about it. I'm not saying that you're you're wrong to want Lamar Jackson long term over Matt Ryan but you're the Colts right now you need to win relatively soon what's yeah. what's Jonathan Taylor's shelf life sure what what's what's your defense's shelf life this game moves fast man it really does this game moves fast the Colts being on the precipice for the last couple of years means you need a quarterback who can do it right now. Sure, you could also call back and say, I don't believe that this Colts team has Super Bowl potential in any sort of the near future. So I'd rather have Lamar Jackson long-term to rebuild and re, you know, reassess what we are as a Colts team, and that's fine. But then I will say once again, and this, is, this goes back to the full-on, bitch ass cowardly hiding behind a burner account 
Lamar Jackson Ravens stan that sent us a message this weekend saying he's taking his ball and going home because he doesn't like to hear us talk factually about Lamar Jackson. Name me a quarterback in the history of the game of football who relies, relies on their rushing ability to be effective that had a long, successful, and Super Bowl-winning career. I shall wait. And I shall wait forever because it never happened once. What about Steve Young? Steve Young ran a lot when he was younger. He wasn't running the fucking ball when he was leading the, the Niners to a Super Bowl. I'm just pulling it up. So Young had two MVP seasons. He he rushed. Yeah, I mean, it really doesn't compare rushing yards either. So, so in, the, in the two seasons that, well, let's just pull it up. So Steve Young won an MVP in 92 and in 94, and he finished second in 93. So let's just take those three years. He wins two out of three MVPs, finished his second. He rushed. So we're looking at 92, 93, 94. 537 yards, 407, 293. It really doesn't compare. I, I don't think there is one. I think you're right. There is not one. Also, can we talk about Steve Young's fucking fantastic career? Steve Young, the man. Love Steve Young. Steve Young, underrated. Steve Young, Steve Young could quietly be a top five quarterback of all time. Um, Part of the the... Part of the Steve Young story is it was like a, a, a short-ish career. Now he sat behind one of the greatest of all time, and then he got his opportunity. But like Steve Young, how old was Steve Young when he retired? Do we think that any of that was a fucking factor? I mean, Steve Young was born in 1961. You know, he's 37 when he plays three games at the end. Like we're not talking about a guy who, I mean, he played 16 games three times. Yeah, he didn't play 92, 92. 93, yeah. 94. And those and were then, three best seasons. And then 95 is 11. And then 96 is 12. And then he comes back for 15 and 15. And then he's done. What happened to those 11 and 12 years? What happened to the guy who was first, second, and first in MVP? And then he's just missing eight, 10 games over the next two years randomly? Is it maybe because you shouldn't run the ball? I mean, I tweeted this the other day with Josh Allen. Why are they running him? Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. You, you, you not dominated run Josh Allen. that game. Yeah. Why are we even doing this? Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Josh Allen because I, I totally agree. And we and we had a call about that as well. I you, you know, Josh Allen is no different than Lamar Jackson. And we both agree. You texted me this. Like, what are they doing? Guys, Josh Allen is no different. You you can't have this guy running around. I and get he's a freak. But you, you know what? You know who Cam else was? A freak. Yeah, I was just going to say Cam Newton was. And there's your comparison. And Josh Allen's a way better quarterback than Cam Newton ever was as a passer. Sure. But Cam Newton was only an effective player to the point where he won MVP and led a team to a Super Bowl. But with, but when he couldn't run, he's not effective. 
And to me, if you have a quarterback, and this goes back to the Lamar Jackson thing, and all you Ravens fans who have unfollowed crying into your fucking cornflakes, if you need to run to be effective, you're not a top five quarterback in the NFL. The end. Not scramble. Not scramble. Not scramble. Run. If you need running plays for your quarterback in your offense for your team to be successful, you are not a top five quarterback in the NFL. Well, I'm glad you you clarify that because there is a difference. Like Aaron Rodgers has throughout his career been amazing as he scrambles. Russell Wilson, same way. Like these guys know how to scramble. They're going to finish with what? 250 to 400 rushing yards in a season because they know how to scramble. They, I would argue well, he should probably shouldn't do it as much, but he did it a few times yesterday. Like Burrow's pretty good at that, I think, too, because he's very athletic. Justin Herbert's very good at that. But there is and, a dis- and, and and I'll 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 bring up your boy. And the the Seahawks were fantastic at this. They'd it run changed. the fucking spread option every once in a while, but he he handed the ball off fucking nine out of 10 times on those. They were not designing run plays for Russ. Smartly. Why would you ever get your quarterback? The whole, the whole name in the NFL is, do you have a quarterback? I would limit my quarterback's hits entirely. They would never play a preseason game. I would pull out a designed run in desperation, which the Giants did it with Daniel Jones yesterday, a couple desperate run plays. But also, if Daniel Jones gets hurt, who gives a fuck? They need him to do that to win the game. Yeah. No, I totally agree with you. I, I think so you can he- love Lamar Jackson all you want because you play fucking Madden and guys don't get hurt. Or if they do, you just reset the game. But in the NFL, did the Ravens make the playoffs last year? No. Weird. Why? They're so fucking good. They have the MVP. Why didn't you make the play? Oh, because he got hurt? Stop getting your quarterback hit when you don't need to. But here's the thing with Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson sitting back, being a passer, is not a top eight NFL quarterback. And I have no problem with that. I have no problem with you saying that. And it's playing out very interestingly because since last episode, he's going the Kirk Cousins route, which is, we said, good for them. So he'll make $23 million this year. They can put the exclusive franchise tag on him right now, which would pay him $45 million. Do you want to know why I don't like this, though? Why? Because he runs the fucking ball, man. <laughs> like, what are we talking? Like, this is a dangerous game to play. So he's nowhere near where they want. I'm sorry. The Ravens are nowhere near what he wants. I don't know if you saw. Everything came out. Now, Lamar Jackson's representing himself, which is very sus at this point. So he turned down a five-year extension worth over $250 million with $133 million guaranteed. According to sources, he wants something in the in the realm of Deshaun Watson, which no one's getting. Just no one's getting that. Just no one's getting that. So, I you know I I don't know how they come to meet in the middle, 
But I mean, that's I, the thing. It's like the Browns kind of fucked everybody because Deshaun, like Deshaun Watson got an unreasonable deal. I know, but then Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray were way under yeah. that. Right. So the rate is, so, so here's the numbers. The Ravens offered him 133 fully guaranteed. Wilson has 124 fully guaranteed and Kyler Murray 103. So they still offered him more. Right. And understandably so. He won an MVP. He's younger than Wilson. He's played better so far than Kyler Murray. But if I'm Lamar Jackson, going back to what we're talking about, you're also risking some serious money, man, in my opinion, because of how you play. Like, like you're turning down 133 million guaranteed when the minute you get a serious injury. Which no one here is rooting for. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. No one. No I'm not. One's... I'm not trying to walk, walk around going. Uh-huh, I told you so. I was right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one's. No one's trying to do that. I'm just saying, with your style of play, you're more susceptible and you're more prone to get that serious injury. I would argue, based on just stats, based on common sense, you're you're playing you're playing a risky game. If, if you're Lamar, in my opinion. You're saying, oh, I'll take the 23 million this year and see how it plays out. Dude, what if you shred your ACL this year, man? You just left a hundred and you're talking about generational wealth on the table. Which that's why that's why the thing is he he has the Ravens in a position and the Ravens have him in a position. And we said I said this a couple episodes ago. Lamar, we'll give you three years, 150 million, fully guaranteed. I like it. Now. That's Joe Prano, the GM. If I'm the GM of the Ravens, I go, here's here's my offer to you. Now, if I'm Joe Prano, the assistant GM, I'm like, do we even want to do that? You know, just throwing it out there. Just yeah. throwing it out there. But historically. And look, to, br- to bring it back, because obviously you and I love talking quarterbacks. It's all we're doing this episode. It's all we'll do most of the NFL season. It's just the quarterbacks game. And to go back to that initial caller who said, he thinks Burrow is slightly overrated. That That's my counter. When you bring in a Lamar and you talk Burrow, I would say this. Burrow in his second year made it to the Super Bowl. He was one play away from winning the Super Bowl his second year with an awful offensive line. You got to win in the playoffs, plain and simple. That's the name of the game. That's why you're such an Eli Manning stand and and – we might not always agree on things, but I always understood that. I understand that if you can make I mean, the plays, and, and and of course, you know something. You know, I'm a Giants fan, so the majority of non-idiot Giants fans are Eli Manning stands. But I think when you watch the the course of a guy like that's career, you know, Joe Joe Burrow also missed a year because he was behind a shitty offensive line, and he fucking shredded his knee, and he had to come back from that, and blah blah blah. Eli Manning, two Super Bowls, huge in the playoffs, never missed a fucking game. Played behind some dog shit offensive lines. There is some things that you can't fucking like evaluate or or people just don't take it into consideration. And you can shit on Matt Ryan all you want, but that's why I went back last year. I said, Lamar Jackson missed five games last year. Matt Ryan hasn't missed five games fucking ever. Yeah. 
It's important. And that was always the knock on this podcast isn't as good. If a third of the episodes, one of us isn't here. A hundred percent. I mean, I like dirty sports. I think it's a better show than blah, blah, blah. But I can't listen to it when they have fucking Joe Barton at co-host. Or whoever, you know, I was doing, I fucking, I did that because people do comments over Joe Bartnick, but like, sure. Cowboys, cowboying again, right? Well, they are. Here we go again. What dickhead who was just teaching fucking high school fucking gym class is going to be their quarterback for the next fucking six weeks. Yeah. I mean, the Cowboys season, I'll say it. It's already on the brink. I'm going to fucking say it. I'm going to go f- full Vince Carter. It's over. You think it's over? You're the Cowboys. You're in a division that already is going to be shitty and weird. And people are going to fucking try to win nine games. Like if he's gone six weeks, if Dak's gone six weeks, they, there's zero chance of them making the playoffs. If he misses a th- their quarterback misses a third of their season, especially how they looked with him. I was just going to say they looked awful with him. That offense looked terrible with him. Their offensive line is bad. They, I don't like for a while, they were just collecting weapons. Now they're punting on weapons. Did you notice you want to, you want to, you want to go overrated, underrated Zeke Elliott might be the most overrated running back in the history of the game. Well, I don't know if you were listening at all. I know you don't like to listen and it didn't help that Chris Collinsworth was sound like a woman who had emphysema, who had smoked for 30 years. I mean, it was just like, what are we doing here, NBC? But he said multiple times it was a financial decision that they were getting rid of guys. And I'm thinking, is this where the Cowboys are at now? Like, they're trying to save money. Like you said, they're getting rid of weapons. But listen, I understand. I understand the um, being like, we're, this team's going to win with defense, so let's load up. And the offense doesn't have to be the fucking most dynamic thing ever. But, like, also, you need to find a way. You need to find a way to have big playability. Sure. You need one way or the other. You let Amari Cooper go because you got some fucking, some guy no one knows about. I mean, we've seen the Steelers do this forever, dude. Forever. Who was the dude? I mean, it's it, it, it's it worked so well that I don't even remember the fucking dude's name. But remember when they were just like, we're going to let this dude go and we're going to replace it with Antonio Brown. And you guys, everybody's just like some late rounder out of Central Michigan is going to take blah, blah, blah's place. And you're like, yeah. Oh, OK. Well, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. But you got to have that guy sitting there. Yeah. No, I agree. I think they're going to be bad. I mean, so the Bengals play them next week and it's in Dallas. Even if Dak was healthy, I'd pick the Bengals to win. And then they have Monday night in New Jersey against the Giants without Dak. Now, listen, the Giants have lost a lot of games they shouldn't lose over the years. And it's going to be no cakewalk for the Giants to beat the Panthers. It's going to be no cakewalk for the Giants to beat 
you know, the Cowboys without Dak or the Bears after that. But also, the Giants could be 4 now. Whoa. Wow. Jumping. I mean, they, they could be. If you look yeah, at their could. schedule, they're, they they're favored next week against Carolina. They have a Dakless Cowboys team coming in New Jersey on a Monday night, and then they ba- have a Bears team. Baker Mayfield looked terrible for three quarters yesterday. Yeah. I mean, awful. I don't I think the Giants are more likely because they love to lose the teams they shouldn't be three and one, but like god damn, can you imagine being a Giants fan? We would sign up for three and one all fucking day. The Browns are the right thing to get rid of I mean, Baker. Kyle Arnofsky was in my fucking text messages yesterday morning trying to get one in under the gun. He got me when I was asleep, but I was I was feeling good, so he probably would have got me when I was awake too. But I wake up to a message hundred bucks on the Giants over and under. I'll take the under. I was like just because you're a fucking Jets fan, I'll do it. Also, let's fucking go. My magic number, my, my magic number is going to be three by the end of fucking September, Kyle. Yeah the the Panthers didn't look good. Baker didn't look good. The Browns got to feel good though about themselves. Let him go. I know. Again, I know it's just one game, but. I don't know, man. Yesterday was just crazy. Yeah, it's week one in the NFL. The Packers need to figure out some weapons. Yeah. But he's Aaron Rodgers. That's why I don't freak out. Everyone yeah. everyone wants to come. And we, and we got, dude, they're coming in hot. We got a lot of calls. Let me get to some of these. We got a lot of calls shitting on uh, Aaron Rodgers? No, just coming about just things Everything. in general. We, we do have a call. Let's, let's, let's rip it. Yeah, let's rip some of these calls as we go through everything. We do have a call about a bet they want to make. Oh, boy. Here we go. You and I, Vikings fans, feeling good. Oh, I accept your wager. What is up, guys? This is Tyler from Minnesota. Long-time listener, first-time caller. And, uh, yeah, um, I'm willing to take bets on either one of you. Joe seems... Like you might be more into it, but um, Vikings to win the division and over nine and a half wins. Um, I'm no Kirk Cousins lover, but I'm not going to act like he's Jamarcus Russell and the Packers don't have a receiver on their team yet. So I'm willing to do that. Joe, let me know if you're interested and I will shoot you a DM on Twitter. Uh, condoms are for the backers. School. All right. So he said nine and a half, and they win the division. Yeah. All right. So here's what I'm going to do. Here's my counter offer because I don't really give a shit. Um, what I give a shit is my my soul being full of the belief that Kirk Cousins is mediocre at best. Now, mediocre quarterbacks historically have managed to win 10, 10 games. A lot of people like to shit on Ryan Fitzpatrick. He won 10 games for the New York Jets. A subtle reminder. Um, if the Packers are down this year, which they could be, they will. they could win the division. But I'm going to counter with this. I'm going to give you plus 150. I'll give you plus 150. Instead of a straight-up bet, 
on what you just offered me. I'll offer you a 50% bonus on your side of the bet. Did he, did he make a, did he put a number in there or no? He didn't put a wager number, right? Is it a hundred dollars? Oh, okay. A hundred dollars. So my 150 to your 100 that all of that doesn't happen plus a Vikings playoff win. So you want, how much do you believe? You believe that they're going to win the division and you believe that they're going to go over nine and a half games. So you're already counting them into the playoffs. You want an extra 50 on top? I say they don't win a playoff, even if they accomplish that. They do not win a playoff game. So they have to accomplish all three. Yeah. You're giving them one plus 150. Yeah. And if he wants to negotiate, DM you. DM me. I'm I'm not sure I'm willing to go up to two to one on that. But there's some wiggle room for negotiations. There's some wiggle room. You're already, you're you're already in. You're in on even money on an over-under and a division win. Well, I can't help but think what the Packers did last year. And they got trounced. Now it's a little different because you had Devontae Adams, but yeah. they got trounced opening week in New Orleans, which I think was played in Jacksonville because of the hurricane. Yeah. So they, they got trounced opening week last year. Listen, besides my Giants clearly being the NFC Super Bowl team, I'm not overreacting to anything that happened in week one. So I think the Packers, to steal a phrase, from Aaron Rodgers, Packers fans, relax. Also, to steal a phrase from Aaron Rodgers, Vikings fans, you guys should always relax. You should fucking stay relaxed. You got some great receivers. Justin Jefferson's a banana land. But you're going to get a lot of you like that, and you're going to get a lot of sarcastic you like that. Again, week one, guys. Week one. This is why we do it. 17 weeks, 18 total weeks in the season, 17 games. It's a long season. I mean, people are coming in hot and I get it. The hotline is 310-359-8365. I mean, people are coming in. We, we, we got, we got an anti-Matthew Stafford call after one week. Okay. I mean, sure. I mean, it's, it's, you know, he didn't have a good game. There, there's no denying it. And, and, and I'll explain after the call, how I feel. Because you and I have always discussed Matthew Stafford versus Russell Wilson all these years. But we got someone calling in after that Bills Thursday night game where they just got shellacked. Hey, fellas. Just got done watching the Bills game. Um, I DM'd Prano. Basically said you can take the uh, you can take the man off of the Lions, but you can't take the, the Lions out of the man. So, I mean, I, as a Packer fan, I remember just watching Matt Stafford, you know, try to go – sidearm and throw like three picks in a game and just feel like that's kind of who he is. I know he won the Super Bowl last year, but he had a great team around him. He had great left tackle. He had protection, obviously. Um, but yeah, he's, I know Prano's high on Stafford, but I just don't see it. I mean, he's a serviceable NFL quarterback, but he's not that guy. Um, I'll hang up and listen. 
Condoms are for Minnesota Vikings. Later. Do you want to go first or me? I mean, I just think, I just think, I just, I don't even really, he just was that guy. I was just going to say, he, but he was I, that guy. I don't like know. I like, it's like, listen, I'm a big, dirty sports fan and I like Joe Prano and, you know, he does a great job and he's funny, but I'm going to, I'm going to say it. Can't grow a mustache. Can't grow a mustache. I'll hang up and listen. And I'm like, what? He was that guy. He didn't Trent Dilfer a Super Bowl. No. Their their offense was explosive. Sure. He took but, a team. He took a team that was good, and it was just add Matthew Stafford, win a Super Bowl. Correct. Meant, yeah. And and, he, and and here's my thing, man. Again, I Joe's been more of a Matthew Stafford guy than me, but I changed, or I was more of a Matthew. I'm more of a Matthew Stafford guy now. Cooper Cup was good. Matthew Stafford made him great. Like that combo happened. And let's go back to the Super Bowl. Let's remember they're losing. And let's remember he loses Odell Beckham Jr. in the game. I'll always remember what Chris Collinsworth said. I know a lot of people don't like him, but on that final drive, he said it very poignantly. He said, this will be remembered as one of the greatest final drives in Super Bowl history. He's not saying it's the best, but what Collinsworth was saying, and he was talking about Matthew Stafford, he's saying, dude, when you have to drive that final drive, that is, there's no more of a pressure filled situation. And again, it always comes back to the playoffs and the ultimate playoff game, the Super Bowl. If he can do that, he is that guy. He just is. I'm going to, I, people are going to hate that I'm doing it again. But this is an Eli Manning comparison once again. People throughout Eli Manning's career watch the end of games where they're down 14 with fucking two and a half minutes left, right? And and Eli throws a terrible pick. And you're like, that's Eli Manning. You had an opportunity to get back into this game and he threw a terrible pick and that's what he does. Eli Manning threw terrible picks in those situations because he's like, if we don't score right fucking now, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I casually drive this team down and score and we have 30 seconds left on the clock to on sides and get another kick and, and get another shot at it. I score now one way or the other. Either it works and I'm a fuck, I have a shot at winning this game or it doesn't work and it's over. Matthew Stafford played with the Lions for so long. Oh, you threw, you saw Matthew Stafford throw a lot of picks trying to fucking chuck his way back into football games against teams that were way better than the one he was on. Yeah, that's what you do if you're smart. This fucking, this Kirk Cousins approach where we're going to play it safe for our entire career and fucking check down our way and fucking duck and cover our way to like mediocre stats your whole life. I don't want you, dude. I want a guy who's going to nut up and doesn't give a fuck about his interception to touchdown ratio. He just cares about fucking winning. And then come Super Bowl time can tighten up and be like, I'm going to be excellent. Yeah. I don't give a fuck if you recklessly throw picks trying to get your way back in the game. That's how you fucking do it. Look, Matthew Stafford never won a playoff game in Detroit. And I'm sure I know I'm on record knocking the zero playoff wins. But when he changed settings and he went to a better team, a better coach team, just everything better. He won a Super Bowl. Like, like the notion that he can't be clutch is just factually incorrect. He's already proven he is. 
and people love to do it. Like, again, it's like always, we even go back to the caller who was like Lamar Jackson's first four years. This was like, you guys judge people. Like you can't like, you're, you're not great. If you ever once fucked up as opposed to like, whatever it's like Russell, everybody loves to stand Russell Wilson. Cause he started off hot with the best defense we've seen in generations. But then he felt falls off, but he gets to keep it. He, but he's fine because he has this legacy. He won early. So obviously he can do it. Why is that not the exact same as Matthew Stafford who won the only time he had a good team, he won. And when his teams weren't good, he didn't win. He is him and Russell Wilson. Their team's great. They can win a Super Bowl. Their team's not great. They fucking can't. Like, that's also every quarterback in history. Yeah. It's really hard to win playoff games. It's really hard. It's really hard to win when you're losing, to come back. Like, it's not easy. I, I just think we, we all need to understand that when we're discussing any of these guys. Like, to me, that's it. The end of the day. The quarterback is so important and is not only so important, but, dude, like, I know we factor a lot of things into these guys for their legacies, but the Super Bowl, if you can win and you can come back. And you're not doing it in some shitty fucking Trent Dilfer throw for 115 yards and let the other team fucking dominate. Like, you know, we're talking about that's the thing. Oh, Eli Manning was carried by his offensive line. Well, or his defensive line. Well, he has the two MVPs. You know, if you're fucking leading a team to a Super Bowl victory, leading them, you're a great quarterback. You're a great quarterback. Yeah. So I I do find it like you're a Vikings fan, the guy who called. And by the way, I, you know, I appreciate all the calls, but he's as many Super Bowls as, as, as Aaron Rodgers now. And I'm not saying that Matthew Stafford's better than Aaron Rodgers. I would never say that. I'm obviously huge Aaron Rodgers guy. I'm just saying they have the same amount of Super Bowls now. Like Aaron Rodgers has had some questionable but, playoff but, games. But I'll, I'll say this. Would you say he's a Vikings fan or he's a Packers fan? Wasn't that a, a Packers fan calling, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, you said Vikings. Oh, sorry. But I was going to say, you know, you talk about the Matthew Stafford is a lot closer, a lot closer to Aaron Rodgers than he is to Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Well, let's continue talking about the NFC North. Let's talk about our boy Dan Campbell and the 0-1 Detroit Lions. Grit. Not enough. Not enough grit. They just don't have enough grit, man. Here's, I mean, like, I'll just say this. If you, can you can you be a gritty team and give up 38 points? No, this is actually the exact opposite of grit. Like I know grit and defense aren't necessarily synonymous, but like but like I've 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 certainly seen some teams over the year gritty. You know, they're they're bend that don't break. Maybe not the best defenses of all time, but bend don't break, you know, like limit a team to a field goal every once in a while. Can you can you give up 38 points in your home opener and be gritty? No, it's a hundred percent the opposite of grit. And this score is misleading, to be fully honest. If you watched and I had the game on, one of the games I had on, 
I mean, they got two touchdowns at the end, but they were down 17 in the second half. Yeah. That 38-35 is misleading. But I love this tweet that I was sent from, from Dirtball Matt Boonstra, who is just a, a frustrated Lions fan, right? And he sent me this tweet. And it's pretty funny because the guy who's the guy who sent the tweet um is clearly just frustrated with them too. And I'll play the clip. So it says, uh, Campbell's response when asked, first of all, Dan Campbell did an onside kick in the third quarter. So the tweet says, Campbell's response when asked about onside kick down 31 to 21 with 10 minutes left in the third quarter. Simply, he wanted the ball back. Listen to what he says. I wanted the ball back. <laughs> I mean, that's his response. Because I wanted the ball back. So again, the setting is the Lions are only down 10 points. There's 10 minutes to go in the third quarter, as we all know, especially if you watch any of these games. Like, watch that Bengals-Steelers game. That Watch that Colts-Texans game. These, it's a game within a game in the final five minutes. There's 10 minutes in the third quarter. You're only down 10. You just scored, and he does an onside kick. And his response, because I wanted the ball back. What's your plan here, man? What's your strategy? Was it 10 minutes to go in the, or four minutes left to go in the third quarter? Okay, well, the tweet says 10 minutes. Okay. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, but they immediately give up a touchdown after that, right? They give yeah. up a touchdown. Yeah, they give up a touchdown on the ensuing drive. And they're back down 17. And that's and that's the last time the Eagles score. Yeah. 100%. So your defense for the rest of the game somewhat gritty. And you put their backs against the wall. They give up a score. I don't know. I hate to say angry gym teacher cost them the game, but we'll see. I'm thinking of that Lions Reddit. They were all hoping three and one start. You got to win your next three. And who do the Lions? I think the Lions are favored next week. Well, they have an easy schedule for the next three. Lions are favored at home against the Commanders. Then they have the Vikings. Then they have the Seahawks. I mean, they can win two of those three games. You know, I think there's a good chance. I'd be shocked if they won all three. But again, guys, you don't give up 38 points at home. It's not like you had a high-powered offense coming in. You had Jalen Hurts. You had a guy who needs to use his leg to go back to earlier conversation. Jalen Hurts needs to use his legs. Look how many yards he rushed for. He needs to use his legs to be effective in that offense. That's a short-term plan, definitely not a long-term plan if you're an Eagles fan. Jalen Hurts is not going to withstand the hits he gets. That's the, that's the offense. And, and I, would, I would almost say this if I'm a Lion, to the Lions fans. Like, that's an offense that 
is not, not only is it not high powered, there's like, what are the intricacies of an off? You know what I'm saying? You're not facing the Bengals offense where you're like, dude, they're going to hit us at all levels with receivers, with running back. You know, you're not facing that. You're facing Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, and you gave up 38 points at home. Again, one week. So I'll, I'll go back. So one week. I'm not saying but this. here's But here's the thing about one week. Here's the thing about one week. It does set it tones. To, when it comes to the Lions. Yes. Every person who's been on the Lions bandwagon. Last year, we lost so many close games. All we got to do is not lose those close games. Well, here you are again. Back to square one. We're, we're, we're acting like you got a new coach who's not going to lose those close games. When in reality, you have the same coach who lost those close games, may have cost you this close game. All signs point to you'll keep doing this, not that you'll suddenly be a team that doesn't lose close games. Yeah. Right? I agree. This is this is no different than last year. This is deja vu if you're a Lions fan. You lose a close game at home. What did I say? Do you remember what I said last episode? No. I, I said the Lions will cover, and they're going to lose a close game at home. Yeah. And they did. But I just, I, I just don't, like, it's a very weird, it's a very weird thing to, to do, you know? And, and listen, Giants fans were doing it and being mocked yesterday as well. People, if Daniel Jones could just stop turning the ball over, there's no sign that he's going to stop turning the ball over. Yeah. Now we won in spite of him turning the ball over. And that's why Brian Dable is going to run the fucking naked bootlegs. And if Daniel Jones gets hurt, he'll put in Tyrod Taylor. And they'll fucking, if they suck, they'll draft a new quarterback. Because we're not concerned with whether he lives or dies. But this idea that tomorrow the Lions are going to figure out how to win close games. Daniel Jones is suddenly going to not turn the ball. Like, and, and Antonio Brown's going to show up to camp with his head on straight and not cause any problems. Like, what the fuck are we talking about? Yeah, if you're a Lions fan, it goes back to you want to lose every game and get a good quarterback. You just do. Just full reset. You're doing a garage sale, man. Get rid of all your shit. Like, I'm going through this to put it in like a real life context with the stuff at my parents' house. We're, we're, we're at that point. There is a dumpster in the driveway of my parents' house, right? And as brothers, we've kind of kicked the can down the road, kind of like the lions. Like, what are we doing? You know, my dad passed away almost two years ago. It's like, what are we doing with the house? Well, at this point, we're, we're it's make or break time. Are we, are we going to keep stuff? We're going to throw in the dumpster or we're going to donate it to Goodwill. And you have to make those decisions. So basically you've got to put everything in, in the dumpster. Well, lions. clearly, clearly lions management and lions fans believe in Dan Campbell. Now based on what is my counter? I have no fucking clue based on what I have no fucking clue, but I agree with you on the quarterback situation. No one here likes Jared Goff, but I would say this season 
you can't lose all the games to get a quarterback. Then you got to fire your coach, but you believe in your coach. So they're caught in a position of like needing their coach to prove something. I mean, you, you, do you, do you punt on the year and you try to get a new quarterback and you fire Dan Campbell? Yeah, I do. I, yeah, that's what I do. I am obviously, but like, then why are we even in this situation? Why does the season start with Dan Campbell as your coach and Jared Goff as your quarterback? Do you think the Lions are concerned about the money that they're going to have to put in to rechange the grit that they put on every wall of every training facility on anywhere Lions? They have written grit and determination and whatever. Do you think think they regret it at all? I think they regret it. I do. I think they regret it. I mean, they have grit hats. They is I'm like... No, no regrets. I'm like... I'm joking, but not joking. I'm just thinking in my head the amount of people in Can the this city. This episode of- be called Detroit Lions have no regrets. <laughs> <laughs> I just think of that fucking kid in the fucking Jason Sudeikis movie. Somebody make the Dan Campbell's face on the fucking no regrets kid. And we're the Millers. <laughs> I saw that movie. It was kind of funny. Yeah. So. I'm joking, but I'm not joking. I'm thinking about the city of Detroit, of Detroit and all this hype. Like, there's a hype around that city. I know there is. I mean, Hard Knocks will fuck your families up, bro. I, that's, that's what hard I'm knocks saying. Hard Knocks will fuck you up, dude. Like, as we've already addressed with all these other players, the marketing and the PR machine, that shit is real, man. It is real. Dude, they're selling shirts and hats that say grit. I swear there's got to be a part of like, hey, we're making money off this. Yeah. Who cares if we go four and 13? What was your biggest surprise from week one? Or what were some of them? I, I have a few. Um, I mean, I wasn't like blown away. Let me just let me just go through like each and every because maybe I'm missing something. I was surprised. Uh, honestly, probably well- the Bear- Bears Niners game. Okay. I mean, even though I said that. I didn't think they would look that that bad. Um, otherwise, the Chiefs putting up that many points and making it that easy. It did surprise me, I'll be honest. Really? It did. I know it shouldn't. Maybe I brought into what everyone was saying about Tyreek Hill being the cog in that. And I was watching NFL Network that morning. And, you know, I mean, I picked Patrick Mahomes to fucking. You did be the mvp all these guys on the nfl network and i like the nfl network so much was like man i don't know you'd be shocked how much tyreek hill and they were showing stuff you know breaking down game film how much this helps kelsey last year and all these other guys and you're like man does he i'm thinking in my head i never thought about that i'm like does he and then the game happens and tyreek who yeah i just think the greats the great great quarterbacks they need to maybe have the guy that one guy that they trust you know, I think that's what Rodgers is going to struggle for a minute without Devontae Adams. Um, but he still has Kelsey. He still has fucking Kelsey. That's that's an elite weapon. And, sure. And Mahomes is so good. And some guy you've never heard of is going to have a thousand yards this year. And some guy like it's just the the great quarterbacks make guys you've never fucking heard of great. Were you surprised at all at the Miami New England game? No, Miami Patriots trash in Miami historically. I mean, honestly, the biggest surprise, I, I really thought the uh, Colts were going to look better. Um, but, you know, 
also we the Colts have had week one troubles. Um, I, you know, I, I even predicted, I predicted that bears game could be close with the rain and whatever, but man, the Niners looked fucking bad. Uh, Trey Lance looked bad. Well, that's, that, that's awful conditions, right? Like isn't yeah. that the worst conditions for you to have your first game. Absolutely. Honestly, the biggest surprise for me might've been how poorly the Rams played because the bills played really, really well. And that was not surprising to me, but the Rams played bad. The Rams were suspect in every aspect of the game. And well, you know, a, I, I, a, a 31-21 Buffalo win um, wouldn't have, I'm not like, oh my God, but 31-10 Buffalo win. So do you put, and I know we talked about it earlier, and Zach Taylor comes from the Sean McVay coaching tree, and that's, I read a lot, the compare, everybody was saying that. Well, McVay doesn't play starters in preseason, and, he, and he's very soft with them, and Taylor took that and has implemented that in Cincinnati. So I, I've seen it from a lot of talking heads. Be like, well, those two teams looked really bad, and both their coaches didn't play their guys in the preseason. I mean, sure, there's something to that, but who cares? They just want. They just need to win their divisions and be healthy. Yeah, we know that they can do it. They just did it. Sure. I'll tell you what, I'll take a I'll take a 310 to 10 week one over Matthew Stafford out because he broke his thumb in a preseason game. Bills look good, man. Bills look great. Also, stop running your fucking quarterback so much. Because I like watching this Bills team. It'd be a shame if I had to watch whoever the fuck their backup is. Somebody from Bill's Mafia. Guy who gets slammed through the table the just, hardest. Just a dildo in a in a Bill's jersey and a helmet. Basically JP Lozman. Or but basically Nathan Peterman. Remember him? He was a dildo in a Bill's helmet. <laughs> He's still in the league. Remember when the internet would yell at you and tell you Nathan Peterman was actually better than Colin Kaepernick because racists are insane? That was funny. That was a that was a good era of racism. That was just like racist gonna racist. Oh, is he on the practice squad right now? That's where he belongs. Nothing of nothing against him. Yeah, he signed with the Bears. He was released and signed. So he's on the practice squad with the Bears. Cool. Well, that's a good spot for him. <laughs> yeah. Right. Probably a great guy. I feel a little bit bad about calling him a dildo. Also, I think he went like four for five once with four pick sixes. But, you know, he threw pick sixes on like four consecutive passes at one point. So he's kind of a dildo. If you Nate asked, Pete. if you asked, I'm going to ask you this question. If you asked 10 women who like legit, like watch their hometown team, like 10 women, who, let's say whatever city they are, they go to games or they watch games. How many of those women would know what a pick six was? How many women are we? 10? Yeah, if you ask 10 women. Like, so yesterday, here's an example. I like three. Like, my girlfriend knew what it was yesterday. I was shocked. Yeah. I said the term pick six. She's like, well, what happened in the game? She was working. And I was like, I was like, Bertha, pick six right to start. And then I realized, I was like, do you even know what I'm talking about? 
She's like, yeah, an intercept guy interception. I was like, I, I was like shocked and amazed that she knew. Well, she's a Bengals fan. She's seen her fair share of pick sixes. <laughs> she's like, you have a Carson Palmer jersey. I know what the fuck a pick six is, bro. We around here, we call it the Carson special. How do you think Randy's holding up today? Randy, I don't know. I don't think it's good. He came in with a lot of hype. It's one week. He's getting, I mean, so far. I mean, I think he, I think we bet, I think he bet me over 12 wins. (laughs) Dude, was he just making reckless bets with you? He also he also made a bet with me and um, oh yeah, what was the Saquon Kramer from the fucking yeah Saquon over Mixon? I was like, I don't know, you're kind of giving away money here too. If one if, if Saquon's healthy, that'll be a close one. Is that more total yards? Joe I think Mixon, that's Saquon I, I, Barkley. I think it's um, I think it's uh fantasy, some sort of fantasy based thing. I just bought in the 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 bet is preset. So yeah. him and Kramer can work out the details. I just hopped along in, but fantasy wise, I mean, if Saquon's healthy, he's catching balls. He's doing the whole yeah. fucking thing. Well, speaking of daily fantasy, I missed a major lock pick this week on prize picks. My prize pick lock pick of the week was that Jameis Winston would throw an interception more than half an interception, more than half an interception. He did not. So I struck that out. But as I pull up prize picks and dirt balls, if you haven't signed up, I don't know what you're waiting on because all first time users that deposit and use promo code DIRTY, that's D I R T Y, will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. So if you deposit $100, prize picks will give you $100. As I pull up tonight's game, these are the two interesting ones for me. Russell Wilson, more or less, 255 and a half passing yards. And Geno Smith, more or less, 189 and a half passing yards. I might go. I mean, I think it's a low scoring game. I agree. I'm going to go on. Un- I might go under, under. I agree. I mean, less than, less than. I agree. I would definitely do that. So Dirt Balls, make sure you download prize picks today and play daily fantasy sports with us along with Joe and I. Make sure you use promo code DIRTY when you sign up. I really like this prize picks, guys. I'm going to look forward to working with them all season. Again, they make projections on any sport and you're just competing against those projections. And they already have all the possible projections up for next week. So go ahead and download prize picks and put in promo code dirty. It's exciting, man. This is, this exciting. is, this, this is just a fun time of year all the way around. Oh man. I can't like, I can't even tell you that. Like I wasn't ready for the giants season. Cause I didn't want them to poo poo all over my excitement in the Mets season. But now the giants get a fucking week one win in Tennessee. And I'm like, let's go fucking sports, baby. Yeah. Well, the, the, the Ruther curse is not just in football right now. The Ruther curse is strong with Albert Pujols. Yeah. Here's we a quick, lo- we, we love it. 
Here's a quick call about it. What's up, guys? OG Dirtball Matt from St. Louis. Pujols just hit 696 tonight, Ruther. Just wanted to get a quick vibe check on you. Is he going to do it, or are we going to keep this Ruther curse alive, or what? Really hoping so. Stay dirty. So I said when we were discussing Pujols that he wouldn't come close to 700. I was saying I wanted him to come to, I wanted him to get 700, right? Cause it's so cool. Well, he's and, close. Yeah. In fact, since this call, he's got one more. So he's at 697. He's solely in fourth place all time for most home runs hit in major league baseball history. I'm trying to see when that episode aired when. Well, he I'm, had seven homers, I think. Didn't he? Or was when it 11 I, homers? I think he's had a, so I think he's had almost as many home runs in like the, the month since the call than he did in the four months before. That. So this is August 18th. Cause you quote tweeted it. Yeah. The Ruther curse is at it again. Congrats on the eventual 700 Albert. So this was August 18th. And he hit, I think two that day, right? Yeah. So that day, okay. So that day, he got up to 690. I think he's hit 11 since then or since the episode. Regardless, I, I think he gets there because I think if he gets close, close, if you think he's at, I think somebody's going to give him a cookie. Well, he is close, close. I mean, so so basically, in like twenty twenty. I mean, 20, I'm talking about if we're if if he's in the last week of the season, he's one from seven hundred. Some manager out there is going to be like, "Listen, Triple A fuckbag, your job is to go in there and throw a couple of meatballs." I think he's respected like that. Well, did you see what he did with the six ninety seven ball? The Pittsburgh fans. Yeah, it's great. He's a good dude. He for those who didn't see. Well, baseball's been very, very good to him. The fans, and good for these fans, these Pirates fans were trying to give him the ball. And I guess one of them had recently lost one of their parents. And he not only let them keep the ball, he signed a couple balls for them after he heard their story. So good for him. Yeah. I hope he gets it. Cardinals are looking pretty good. They were my World Series you know, I'm not as knowledgeable as you are when it comes to baseball, but they were my pick to make it to the World Series. They're basically running away with that division. Your Mets yeah. are, are again up a game and a half. We all know what the Dodgers are doing. I keep forgetting there's an extra team when I look at postseason. Yeah. So the thing is, is like I'm really rooting for the Mets to keep that division lead because they are whoever wins the NL East will be the team behind the Dodgers that also gets through the wild card round for free, which yeah. is huge, which is huge. So you, I'm, I, at this point, I've kind of, I'm kind of assuming the giants will have a buy come NFL playoffs, but I really hope the Mets will also have a buy. Joey hot take Prano. So, you started a TikTok for Dirty Sports. I did. And I talked about the the first one was about the new baseball rules. 
Yeah. So, so talk about that on here. Yeah. So the, there was four, I believe four rules changes and, and you can go and watch the TikTok too. And what I'm going to start doing. It's at is the dirty sports at the dirty sports on TikTok. What I'm also going to start doing is maybe if, if, if Andy doesn't want to be in the TikTok world, I might just be like, Andy, start, start filming yourself, just selfie video hot takes. And then I'll take care of it for you. Um, oh, wow. Really? Or maybe even analog will be like, hey, re- react to this video for me. So, then, so, here, so here's my thing. I don't want to actually, I don't want to go in. like, like the TikTok stuff is just, I don't know. Is it, do they really just get all your, I know everybody has all your information. Is it that yeah, bad? They, they get it the same as everybody else does, bro. I mean, literally, you have you been on Instagram? They know fucking. No, I know. Every time I, every time I get somebody's number in my life, suddenly there's being suggested to me on every single app. Yeah, be the friends of this person. Like they're all up in our shit. Also, what's China doing with you? The fact that you love fucking Joe Burrow. It's trying to sell you fucking Randy Ruther Chinese fucking bogus jerseys. Oh no, the horror. I hope. Yeah, exactly. Um, but either way. So these the rules. Fo- yeah. So I did a little little rant there. The basically the major rules are one, we're getting a a, a full on legit pitch clock, which I hate. For numerous reasons, the two main reasons I hate that people think baseball should be faster, and I hate that baseball thinks it needs to be faster to find fans. You guys are doing so many wrong things that the goddamn speed of the game—it it might be something that people say, but fucking cricket takes like days to play. Well, I'm NASCAR you, races take fucking days to race. Well, well, not only that, I'm glad you brought that up. The speed. Let's talk about football. Guys, when you go, I was actually talking about this with my girlfriend last night. When you go to a game, and I even said, I love I love football. We all do. Like, NFL is my thing. But I would argue, and I know some people will counter this, and maybe it's different now that I don't drink too, and that's part of the whole football hoopla that's removed. But, dude, when you go to a game, you talk about downtime, Joe, and how long Major League Baseball takes. Those commercial breaks for the football game when you're there, I think are brutal. And then also football is five minutes of total gameplay. Yeah. So I hate that baseball, but it's like, but we all knew this was happening. This is something that baseball has so stupidly been fucking focused on forever is the speed of the game. So we knew a pitch clock was going to happen. I hate it, but I'm fine with it because it was inevitable. Bigger bases. I, I literally don't understand. Who, why, I don't even know the reasoning behind it. I don't know any, I have no idea how this even became a thing. Does it help with injury, prevent injury? What's the bigger base reason? I honestly don't know. If they were like all walls in the outfield have to have like an, you know, acute angle in them at some point, you'd be like, it's a really random thing to just decide. Bigger bases is the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard. To be totally honest with you, there's no reason for it. Can't figure out a goddamn reason. Uh, there is, this is probably my least favorite rule I've ever heard in life, in any sport or anything. Max three pickoff attempts. It, it, it makes a very strange, it puts you in a very strange situation where like, apparently you can only throw over twice And then if you throw over a third time, you basically have to pick them off. But the idea is that, 
oh, guys won't take super huge leads because they do know you, they, you still have one in your back pocket. I'm like, yeah, but if you use it and you don't get it, it's like, I just, I hate that baseball tries to do this. And, and honestly, I've, I've hated this. I've done this for 20 years. When I go to a game and the home team boos when the guy tries to pick off a guy on first base, the opposing team, I, then when their pitcher does it, I loudly boo alone for twice as long. If you fucking don't like the pickoffs and the strategy, or whatever, then just go watch a different fucking sport. This is stupid. And then, of course, the big one that we were all hoping was going to happen, ban the shift. They banned the shift. They went a little too far with it. Two guys on either side of second base. That was the obvious answer. That's all we needed to do. Then they said you have to start on the dirt, which I don't like. I don't mind the second baseman in short right field. I don't mind a shortstop playing deeper. Um, it seemed like you guys were so hesitant to ban the shift, but then you extra ban it. Um, I think it would have been very easy to just do two guys on either side of second base. That's it. Problem solved. I'm glad they're banning the shift. That's for sure. They need to do that. I don't, I agree with you. I don't agree with the pickoff. The pitch clock is what, 15 seconds? Mm-hmm. It was what, before 30? Yeah, but it, now it's like more. It was before it was like a soft clock. Now it's like a hard clock. You can be penalized and blah, blah, blah. Baseball is just so lost. Exactly. You know, 10 years from now, it just every year, just the interest level just gets less and less and less. And you're going to have your diehards for sure. But it all goes back to that post that LeBron James has more Instagram followers than all Major League Baseball players combined. Mm-hmm. Like that's baseball in a nutshell. And maybe in 10 years, uh, there's 30 teams. Maybe at that point, 20 will make the playoffs. Knowing baseball. Well, I'm glad we got to bang this out. I'm glad that we have a new hosting platform. First time I'm uploading it, a new episode of that. I'm sure it'll work. So I appreciate the patience for all the dirt balls. And again, I have to reiterate, guys, if we're never up on something, like if we don't miss an episode, we just don't. Sometimes we might delay it by day. If we ever miss an episode, always check the other platforms. Check all of them. We're on Spotify. We're on YouTube. We're on Stitcher. We're on all the things. Yes. Always check the other ones. Subscribe to them. So that way you don't miss anything. Follow and us on now Twitter. We're, and now we're on Anchor. Yes. And now we're on Anchor as well. So follow us on all those. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Yeah. So my friends at the Communist Party of uh, China. The People's Republic, isn't that what they call China. it? China. You're giving all your information to China, Andy. I hope they send you a borough jersey. Oh, so speaking of that, and then real quick, because I know you got to get out of here. As we were just throwing stuff in the dumpster at my parents' house, my nephew was like, oh, do we keep this or not, Dad? And my brother looked at it. He's like, it was made in China. Throw it hard in the dumpster. And I just laughed. I was like, dude, like everything. 
everything you have is like Chinese, bro. Yeah. Throw it hard in the dumpster. Your brother's hilarious. The fucking, lunatic. Fucking, fucking chat. Fucking straight up chat. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Andy Ruther. Joe is available. on. I'm on all social media, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, at Joe Prano, except for, of course, Twitter, where I'm still at Fix Your Life. So if I said anything completely factually truthful about your quarterback today and you're upset about it, that's where you would tell me that you're unfollowing me forever. Um, so, yeah, follow me on all social media unless you don't like facts. And then you can unfollow me and uh, I'll be doing some shows. Uh, my, my flights have been booked for New York city. I'll be in New York, September 20th through October 3rd. Um, I'll have shows in and around New York city. The stand sounds like maybe even some at the comedy cellar. Those are uh, already getting posted on my website, joeprano.com. I have already booked a show in Ridgefield, Connecticut, which if you are uh, know know where that is, it's up by where I grew up. So if you're a uh, uh, you know an upstate or you know Westchester or Fairfield County, New Yorker, uh, Connecticuter, come to that, and uh, just keep your eye on my website and my social media for other shows as they are announced. Cool, and I will play after this episode ends those calls. I think they're funny. Just. The continuing to call in, getting drunker, the rebuttals about Matt Ryan versus Lamar Jackson, which is a debate I thought we've never had, like would never would have thought. Yeah, it's not really a debate. I mean, not, I'm not. I'm not but, even. Arguing no, but it. I know. But it, but it's funny to compare because because one is like a flat. I I would call him flat, like a flashy young black man, and one is like a stiff old white dude like yeah they, they couldn't be more polar opposites of how they play how they look how they present themselves and it's just it's funny to me um but yeah check that out i'll post those at the end of the episode we'll be back on thursday new week of football new preview i can't wait to see which games we pick joe because i don't even remember yeah all right let you, guys you have know a- cook Yeah, you guys have a great start to your week. We'll see you in a few days. And as always, stay dirty. Prano, Ruther, it is Prano's favorite Indianapolis Colts fan calling in for like, I don't know how many times this is, to clear my name. But I got to say that Lamar Jackson is undoubtedly a better quarterback than Matt Ryan. Because where I look at it, Matt Ryan's old ass, he's like 37. At most, we get him for four years, maybe five. Lamar Jackson, he's like 25. At least we get him for four years. You know, if like some shit whack injury happens. At best, we get him for like 12 years. And honestly, if you ask it to me, you know, like if you put the ball in my court, I just, I just don't. There's just no way. There's just no way. There's no way that you're not taking Lamar Jackson over Matt Ryan. I mean, look, Matt Ryan's a fine quarterback, but I mean, we're talking Lamar Jackson. Five seasons already got an MVP. Matt Ryan took him like 13, no rings. You know, I mean, realistically, it should be a Matt Ryan, Elon Manning. 
Ben Roethlisberger conversation with Joe Flacco. You can put those guys up there. But those guys didn't do what Lamar Jackson did in his first four seasons. Maybe Ben, but personally, Big Prano's been hitting a few too many Millers. It's a kind of whack take. Pussies are for Matt Ryan. I had to call back because I believe I just said that pussies are for Matt Ryan when truly I meant condoms are for Matt Ryan. Because the less Matt Ryans we have, the better.